choose you. Be cool, baby. Okay. Hey, bitch, come here. Got your motherfucking man. Come here. Mr. Pretty Tony, I mean, you know the rules of the game. I mean, your bitch just chose me. Now, we can settle this like you got some class, so we can get into some gangster shit. Fuck being on some chill shit. We go zero to 100, nigga, real quick. Yo, 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 yo. What up, what up, what up? I'm back. It seemed like it's been forever. It's Kells at KMGZ on Twitter. This is Thanks for Asking Kells Podcast. Sorry for the delay, but, you know, I like to keep on schedule. You keep doing that shit off schedule, then you, it takes forever to get back on. There'll only be two, three, three days in between, and it don't be that much content. So, I'm back today with a full roster. And so, thanks for your patience. Um, so... Let's get started. The Yours and Negritude is going to be a topic too, but I'm just going to give it to the um, Mike Tyson-Roy Jones Jr. fight. Um, I was not expecting box. If you, I don't, I'm not sure if I've said it on here much. I, I don't think I actually have. But boxing is like my favorite sport of all time. I, it's like the sp- I, boxing, basketball, and football are my three favorite sports. Basketball, I played. Um, I know, you know, a good deal about, but boxing, I also did, um, in the military, and just, my father was a huge, huge, huge boxer fan, my dad was actually very good with his hands, he never, he never boxed professionally, but all through Philly, you know, street niggas back in the, back in the day, they, you know, you, it was all about with your hands, street fights and all that, and, I mean, people told me about my daddy, I actually seen him fight one time, but he, he was very, he, he, him and his, he had a little group of, um, friends, and they, you know, were really good at boxing, so he was, like, a fan of it, and so from the time I was little, he used to watch the, all the fights, tell me all, all about it, you know, train, not train me, but, like, show me, show me how to do it, basically, um, and so, you know, I just, and it's always been a favorite sport of mine, because it's, you know, it's just, it takes, it takes a lot, and, um, when I had an opportunity in the military, um, to, so, depending on where you're stationed at, I'll get to that in a minute, yours and negative two, Mike Tyson, Roy Jones Jr., amazing fight, one of the best fights I have seen in two years, I have said since we started seeing Mike Tyson train, that he looks better than any of the active heavyweights, um, now, as far as speed, power, I mean, he's Mike Tyson, now, granted, he's 50, what, four years old, so, I mean, I'm not gonna be ridiculous and say, you know, he should get in a 12-round championship fight with a 22, 23-year-old whippersnapper, but, skill-wise, I think he could, and, um, you know, I've, I've, I I don't know if he wants to, it doesn't seem like he does, but I would love for him to get involved with boxing, because, you know, these new heavyweights out, they're terrible, I don't, I don't even watch, I've watched some of these fights, most I don't, they're terrible, they have no skills, nobody knows anything about Deontay Wilder can beat Mike Tyson, Deontay Wilder can't beat me, okay, all I gotta do is duck his punch, and, cause he's terrible, he has no balance, he swings wildly, he misses crazy, it's just the people that he's fighting are equally as poor, but you saw the white dude knock them out, cause that white dude could box a little bit, and, um, I just think, I think that the heavyweight division could use a Mike Tyson, a lot of, a lot of older fighters come back and make really good trainers, Emmanuel Stewart was one, um, Floyd's uncle Roger was one, and I think Tyson could be one, I think he could, you know, he still got it, I mean, to be 54 years old, he looked amazing, Roy Jones Jr. also, um, I, it's, 
so that's the yours and never two death fight and since I've been talking about him I'll just go ahead because it's one of the topics um, Roy Jones Jr. looked amazing I really didn't think because Roy the reason why I was like Roy gonna need an ambulance is because first of all we've seen Mike training so we know he's in shape like I've like he's fast he's quick he, he's, he's not all I can say is you see how fast and quick Mike Tyson is for all, for all of y'all that were too young or don't remember Mike Tyson or think we exaggerate or, or, or don't know anything about him, you see how fast and quick he is at 54, imagine that that at 19, it was ridiculous, it was I mean you could watch it on YouTube but it was just like, it's, it's it was the most retarded thing anybody had ever seen, like th- this man was just like a force of nature and to see him still have that kind of speed and that kind of accuracy and that kind of power it was amazing, Roy Jones Jr., the reason why I thought he was going to need an ambulance, because Roy's fight, I'm, not, I'm I'm gonna be real I was never a big Roy Jones fight uh, fan, I, I, he's very skilled fighter, but I just I didn't I was always a fan of Oscar De La Hoya because to me, and I get this from my father, to me, fighters who are fight who are great champions, they should fight everybody. If you beat everybody in division, then you move up or you move down, whatever. Oscar did that. A lot of people don't like Oscar De La Hoya, and they try to front him, but Oscar fought everybody. Okay, I beat every my division. Let me lose weight and go down. Let me fought Floyd, he fought everybody. Um, and Roy didn't do that. Roy just kind of stayed in his division. Nobody in there was really on his level, was really up to par. He had, I mean, great skill for fighter, yeah, of course, but he was a lot of times in the ring with guys who, like, okay, Roy, but, like, this guy ain't no, he's not that good. Like, yeah, of course you look good, because this guy is, is not on your level. And I had always said that when Roy really got in the ring with somebody who has, you know, any kind of, like, skill that he would get knocked out, and that's exactly what happened, the guy that knocked Roy Jones Jr. out was not at all, like, a superstar, but he just, he just, you know, he knew how to fight him, he wasn't in there, like, awed, like, a lot of, a lot of Roy's opponents were in there awed, it's just like, so, but that being said, you know, he's a great champion, his record is what it is, I just never have been a big, big fan of his, I, I, you know, I don't really mention him in, you know, he's a great fighter, but I don't really mention him in, like, the all-time greats, because I think that, you know, um, there's fighters whose names just go above him just for the level of competition that they, that they fought and they faced, but he looked really good as well, and the reason why, you know, he, now his, his, Tyson is, you know, fast, but he's power, Tyson is not, you know, he's a, he's, he's a, um, what they call a boxer puncher, because Tyson does box, that's, that's the part that people get confused, he does box, and when he's actually stopped boxing, you know, when he had all his troubles and everything, and started losing, it's because he stopped boxing, and was just looking for the knockout, but when Tyson was getting all them victories in 40, what was he, 40, you know, whatever he was, before he got caught by, by Buster Douglas, he was a boxer, and that's what made him so crazy, because he punched crazy, but he also, you know, he, he, he used angles and all that shit, and, and Roy really showed that a lot at the fight, because, you know, now a lot of people don't, the reason why I don't really discuss boxing with a lot of people, especially dudes, is because a lot of people don't know what the fuck they talk about, y'all don't know the first thing about boxing, boxing is the, the hardest sport to understand, or to know, unless you really do it, or know, or have somebody teach it to you, who knows how to do it, because the, the, the takes I be seeing, and the, this guy is better than that, and this guy won the fight, and I be like, you are crazy, the, a lot of people said Roy won the fight, I was like, how, he lost every round, he put on a good showing, of course, one of the rules was they couldn't knock people out, but I, but night, listen, 
some of them blows Mike was swinging, had they landed, it would have been a knockout. Um, you know, he was moving, he was on his toes, he gave a lot, he had a lot of energy. Roy Styler fighting is a young man's fighting, all that moving around he does, so that's why I was like, he gonna need an ambulance, cause I was like, you know, you, you, gonna, you ain't gonna have all that speed no more, so, you know, I don't know what you gonna do with Mike coming at you, but actually what Roy actually did, and I mean, it, it, what he did was very smart, and I get, a lot of people said the fight was boring, I, again, that's cause y'all don't know the fuck boxing, and I can't, I hate, I hate discussing boxing, because, you know, I get into arguing, I ain't gonna, I ain't arguing with you niggas, don't know what the fuck you're talking about, like, you know, Floyd Mayweather Jr. is one of the greatest fighters of all time, however you feel about him personally, however you feel about him, you know, his personal, he's fucking, I don't like him either, I think he's a fucking piece of shit, as far as his personal life and his personality, but in that ring, he is one of the greatest to ever do it, he is one of the greatest to ever do it, that man's skill level and talent is ridiculous, I mean, he's, he's, um, there's a couple that have been, there's a guy named Sweet Pea Purnell Whitaker, who was tragically killed in a, in a motorcycle a, a few years ago, um, one of my favorites, um, there was, uh, Ray Robinson, um, there was, um, I said Sweet Pea, um, um, I'm losing, I'm, the great lightweights, um, oh, Sugar Ray Leonard, although, um, you know, Leonard's, uh, Ray, Ray Leonard's arguable, my dad did not like Ray Leonard, he could not stand Ray Leonard, he just didn't like him, um, my dad didn't really, I, I do, I like the, 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 the boxers, like the, 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 the movers, the, you know, duck and move and you can't hit me type the defensive experts and skills and people who don't trade blows and they don't have boxers, I like people that box my father tended to like, you know the, the punt, that he liked the Marvin Haglers the, the, um, the Muhammad Ali's who, I, you know, my favorite athlete of all time the, 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 um, Tommy Hearns the Mike Tysons, he liked the guys that, yeah, they box, but they mixed it up they going in there and they gonna hit you hard they gonna go to your body, they're punchers you know what I'm saying, they gonna knock you out, he didn't really like so much, the guys who kind of like danced around, even though that's the art, that's the skill, that's the sport, he didn't really like that, he didn't, you know, he didn't like people winning on points, he's like, nah, you gotta knock a dude out, or beat him up so bad, that, you know, or, or be a draw, like, that was just his style, I, I appreciated those fights, but I, that's, to me, I'm like, if I ain't gotta end the fight, I mean, we see all the CT and everything that happened with Ali and, and all these guys now, and I just always been like, yo, if I can make you miss, and, and, you know, hit you and you not hit me, why I'm gonna well, get beat in the face just to, to prove what, right? Face all swole up, eye all swole up to, to prove what? So, um, I really enjoyed the fight, it was the best fight I've seen in a couple years, the, um, both of them did really well, I mean, Roy, I, listen, Roy Jones Jr. had way more than I thought, he still had them angles, he still was moving, he tied, people said they were hugging, that's not hugging, what, what Roy was doing was he was grabbing Mike, every time Mike got up on him, he was grabbing Mike up under the arms and holding him, because if you know anything about Mike Tyson, or you have to, Mike Tyson will kill you, he'll knock you to the moon, with an uppercut, what Mike loves to do is, is, is bob and weave and get in, and once he gets in, he hits you to your body, and once you go to protect that body, cause he's digging into your ribs, he sends you to the moon with that uppercut, so what Roy was doing was, he was not allowing Mike to do that, so what y'all call hugging, he wasn't hugging, he was holding Mike's arm, so that Mike could not execute that uppercut, so, you know, Mike would have to, he was digging up to the ribs, he would be like, oh, he was taking the blows to the ribs, and he was spinning them around and spinning out, he spun out a lot, 
um, but he wasn't allowing Mike to throw that uppercut, and that's, and that's why Roy was so out of breath, because if you box, you know how much energy that takes to have a man like Mike Tyson with that kind of power and that kind of fury, and to have to take them punches and every, cause I mean like Roy said, he said everything he did hurt, you gotta understand, trying to hold somebody, trying to keep them elbows straight it's not like Mike was just standing there with his arms loose, he's trying to hit you, so you gotta absorb that, you gotta, it's kinda like wrestling with a bear, you imagine like, you just trying to, you just trying to keep him, you not you know, you just trying to keep the bear from knocking your fucking head off, that takes a lot of fucking energy to hold that motherfucking, you know, so he can't get you, and that's what Roy was doing, that's why he was so out of breath, but he did it, it was masterful, and I, I was impressed and actually, Roy did this one move, I can't remember what round it was in but Tyson did he, he, he spun Mike but Mike spun around a little faster and he went for the uppercut and he was, in, and, and Roy, but Roy turned, Roy saw it, and turned, and got out the way, just in time, like, he, he, he hit, he get the angle that he needed, and Mike missed the uppercut, but, whoo, if he would not have missed it, that would have been that, but Roy, you know, he had speed enough to get out the way, he, he saw, he saw, he spun, he held Mike, then he saw Mike spun, spin, and he knew that was he gonna do, cause if you fight Mike Tyson, you know, he know them uppercuts are coming, and Roy just, he just got the perfect, he just went on a, he went basically on a 45 degree angle, from the uppercut, and so it just, it went past him, it was the exact same punch, if y'all watch the Gervonta Davis fight, that fight with the big knockout to everybody, so that's that, that uppercut, that's the same punch that Mike Tyson throws, it comes, you know, you, it comes out of nowhere, it comes straight up through your hands, and it, it meets your chin, and, and it's like one of the most, I used to get hit with uppercuts a lot, it's one of the most devastating punches, because you have to be aware of it, and sometimes you get so you just, you just lose track of it, right, and so it's that, it's a really dangerous punch, that's part of the reason why they tell you, you know, always keep your head moving, always keep your head moving, um, but anyway, it, it was a great, great fight, I was impressed, it was very entertaining, it was well worth the $50, um, you know, Nate Robinson got knocked out the, 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 the fight before, which was the funniest thing ever, Snoop Dogg's commentate, commentation was the funniest shit ever, because it, it was just amazing, like, when he said, oh, Lord, <laughs> that man fell flat on his face, oh, man, that was funny, but anyway, I really enjoyed it, um, um, Mike Tyson talking about he wanted to do it again, Roy Jones is like, I gotta ask my family, which is cold for, I ain't doing that shit again, I don't, believe, I don't blame him, look, man, they, y'all, both of y'all 50, and y'all 50s, y'all gave a really good exhibition, everybody was still in shape, you know, it was a good fight, for, it was a good fight, I was, it was a better fight than I've seen some of these, uh, champions give, right, but Roy, man, Mike Tyson was, Mike Tyson won every round of that fight, he was digging in Roy Jones' sides, crazy, and Roy was, you know, spinning and moving and hitting him here and there, but Mike was, ooh, if you watch man, watch it again or don't, but Mike was digging in both sides of Roy's ribs, and Roy, all Roy could do was just keep them, keep from getting hit with that uppercut, so I know he ain't trying to do that shit, and why? He said it was a bucket list, he's like, look, I, you know, Mike Tyson is a heavyweight champ of the world, I always wanted to fight him, I got to fight him, it was on my bucket list, and you know, he ain't knocked me out, so, you know what I mean, like, I don't blame him, like, I ain't fighting that nigga, I'm 50-something years old, I'm retired, I just, you know, I, I got it, I wanted to do it, and we would entertain the fans, and, and what some people wanted to see, and I just thought it was great, it was a good fight, um, I was, I was thoroughly surprised, cause I was like, eh, I, <laughs> I don't want to see Roy get beat up like that, but actually, when I saw that they, they had a rule of no knockdown, knockouts, I was like, oh, okay, I still don't know how this gonna work, though, cause I'm like, Mike Tyson, he get in the ring, he's Mike Tyson, so, you know, but, he, I, 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 Mike didn't aim at his head a whole lot, 
he didn't, he, he was really digging into his sides, um, you know, he, he, he was, he, he was clearly not trying to knock Roy out, um, I noticed that, um, you know, and, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it, I was pleasantly surprised, alright, um, oh, let me say this real quick, cause this is a little bit old now, but I just wanted to get it out, um, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air reunion with, um, with Janet Hubert and, and Will Smith, you know, I just wanted to say, it's old now, so I'll make it quick, but, you know, y'all, I did that, I watched y'all re, re, a lot of y'all rewrite, rebrand, um, repo, resold that thing, and like, listen, God bless, but, you know, I'm glad they got to reconcile, and I'm glad, you know, Will gave her a chance to, to, to say what she wanted to say, but y'all trying to rewrite that shit, listen, Janet Hubert was on that show for one season, and she went at that man, and his wife, and his family, hardcore, very nasty, attacking him personally, because she didn't get renewed after one season of that show, and I saw, she's been on, uh, whatever that version of Unsung is, but it's for actresses, I can't, it's not called Unsung, but they had a show, uh, maybe, um, I don't know, it, it was a show, I, I remember I was in LA when it came on, and, you know, this, this story she's telling now, about, I'm sure all of that is true, sis, I'm sure all of that about what you were going through is true, but the facts is, you were nasty on that set, and you thought you were above Will, and you, cause Will at the time, and people keep talking about Will Smith now, y'all gotta understand, when Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Quincy Jones called Will from Philly, Will was living in his parents' basement, bankrupt, and Quincy Jones called him out, so that was his, you know, that was the first season of the show, they didn't know that the show was gonna be ahead or not, and that was his one opportunity to make a comeback, so he wasn't the Will Smith for now, he didn't have the power to he ain't know nothing about her contract negotiations and, and what they offered her blah blah blah, and the show was called The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, he was the star and Will Smith, who was my generation was a pretty well, if not the, Will Smith LL Cool J um, Run DMC um and probably somebody else I'm not thinking about now, um, Kid and Play, those were the, like, the biggest names, in Queen Latifah, big, big, um, you, you talking about A-list, at that time, where rap was still rap, it wasn't so much, it was getting mainstream, it was getting there, Will Smith, uh, did a lot, you know, did a lot to usher that in, with the Grammys and all of that, it was getting mainstream, but it wasn't yet, and those were the biggest stars in rap at the time, and, um, you know, rap was the new hot thing, so if you were the biggest, if you were the biggest star in rap at that time, you were on the precipice, okay, and Will, at that point, was probably the biggest, because I believe he had already won the rap Grammy, which meant he was commercial, they pulling him on TV, naming the show after him, so he was huge, he was, he was a star, well now, you know, that show I watched, Janet Hubert was talking about she was on Broadway, and she was theater, and why should she have to get paid less than this little rap star, you gotta remember the time, this is back in like the late 80s, early to mid 90s, when it, it was a lot of these black, um, you know, entertainers, talking shit about rap, rap ain't this, and a lot of these Steve Dolores Tucker types, and that's not real music, and why the rappers get, listen man, y'all gotta, y'all gotta keep the, t- y'all like to rewrite shit a lot, back then, 
hip-hop was not cool like that, it was a lot of people having a lot of complaints about the rappers getting roles and this, and they just rappers talking down on rap, and that's not real music and this, that, and the other, it was it was real dicey, and, and she her attitude was very stank, and she just felt like she had Broadway, and she had theater, and she was this, this big star, and this kid's a rapper and why should he, her attitude was very stank, and so for her to come back all these years and talk, and she was so bitter about it, like this kid, and, 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 and sis you know, you sit up there talking about your years of experience, and you're the, you were like 20, 30 years older than rap, when it was like 20, 22 and you're like 40 something years old on the set, acting stank and being jealous, and acting like you a star, and and, and and like Will said, like it was the Anthem show, and that's absolutely correct, that was your attitude the whole time, that was your energy the whole time, and I just don't like when people don't take responsibility for their role and thing, and you can sit up here now in 2020 and talk about you was going through the divorce and you was going through, so what sis, everybody going through something, Will had just, that was, you know he was had just been bankrupt, living in his parents house with a kid and everything like everybody got problems, it's like that don't, that's not an excuse to act an ass and you was acting the ass, and everybody on that show felt the same same way, so they're not all lying about you, and I just don't think she, everybody talking about Will ruin her career, did he, did he ruin her career, or did you have a nasty attitude, Hollywood is a small place, and then you didn't make it no better by going on these rants about him, but like, who gonna hire you, you don't, you don't seem like, you seem like exactly what they said, so, that's all I wanted to say, I just was like, yo, y'all are really rewriting this, y'all trying to make Will the bad guy, I know Will's not the bad guy, cause Will sat there and let her tell that rewritten story, after all that shit she talked about him and his family, after all these years, I think she even talked about his kid, she talked wild shit about this 20 year old kid, because she got written off the show after one year, because they didn't like her, so... I've been having that on my chest, I, I just, I hate when people do that, I hate when y'all try to rewrite shit, like, like, people wasn't alive in there, remember what's happening, you know, like, we didn't see that shit happen live, like, we ain't just, I mean, this was recently, she was just, till a couple years ago, still making these blackstress videos, dra- I'm like, sis, this was what, 91? It's 2018, 2019, and you still mad about this? All You was on there for one fucking season, sis, one season, they didn't even know if that show was gonna get renewed at that time, and you, and you just mad about it, so, you know, I, I don't, I, I don't think she took responsibility at all, I think she tried to make it, you know, she said, oh, well, I wasn't nasty, I just didn't, I didn't deal with them, sis, when you were 1991, it wasn't that many black people on TV, it wasn't that many sitcoms, when y'all got an all black, uh, fucking cast like that, young, motivated hip black people, and you supposed to be the, you know, the, the senior actress, experienced actress, and your attitude is, well, I wasn't nasty, I just didn't want to deal with them, that means you nasty, sis, you had a chance to mentor these young kids, you had a chance to talk to them, hey, well, I hear Jennifer Lewis talk about all the time how proud she is of people on on set, how she embraces them, she was even talking about Whitney Houston, Whitney Houston's a big ass star, but she wasn't, like, she didn't have the, the acting uh, experience that, that, um, Jennifer Lewis did, and Jennifer was talking about how, you know, she embraces the young people, and she and she sets them on their way, and tells them what they need to know, and tell them what to do, and you sitting over here fucking nasty, because you think you better than somebody, and that's all it was, and it ain't Will's fault, and I believe everything they said about you, and you know, luckily somebody gave you a chance, to, I guess somebody finally talked some sense to you, and gave you a chance, and let you clean that shit up, and you sat there and played the victim, and act like Will did, I'm talking all this contract shit, and Will was like, well I didn't know that, and I was like, why would he, like, what do Will have to do with your contract? 
they didn't offer you enough money okay sis they probably didn't want you on the show so they are they didn't but you never was going to get paid more than will because the show wasn't called the fresh prince the the aviv of bel-air it was called the fresh prince of bel-air he was clearly the star of the show so i don't know why you thought you was going to come in and make more than him like how whatever i talked about that too but that shit irritated me i was like oh y'all playing y'all y'all up here letting this lady just rewrite this whole thing and all this oh and labeling somebody difficult did he label you difficult or were you difficult because see i don't like when people do that that's what that's what a lot of folks try to do you know they did it with the me too and now you know now because we're trying to be more socially conscious and we're trying to give people their flowers and we're trying to change you know some pat we're trying to rectify some past wrongs and trying to you know rejigger how we approach things and do things and trying to acknowledge some wrongs in the past and and it's always some motherfucker that'll try to slide in up on that oh you i'm a blast a black woman labeling me difficult no they didn't label you difficult you was being difficult, sis, okay, you was being difficult, don't, don't, don't do that, don't act like, you know, oh, you was this victim of this, you know, stereotype that, we all know the angry black woman stereotype, okay, and all stereotypes come from someplace, and sometimes that shit be true, and yeah, I saw you on the little after, what was it called, after, it wasn't unsung, yo, some of y'all know what I'm talking about, that shit came on BET, I believe, and it was called, like, After the Lights, or something like that, but it was basically an unsung, but for, like, actors and people who wasn't singer, and your attitude was very nasty, you had, even, and that was, like, I wanna say 2008, 2009, and you still had that stank-ass attitude all them years later, so, that's all, that's all I wanted to say, but that shit irritated me, that been on my heart for a minute, I said to get that out, um, the Soul Train Awards, shout out to the Soul Train Awards, um, I watched them until 9 o'clock, because, you know, I, I, with all this hollering about the Grammys and everything, I've been saying, man, y'all need to go over to y'all celebrate it and appreciate it, and stop begging these people for your acceptance, and I just wish some more of these, like, top stars would start going to Soul Trains, or start going, I mean, they do go to BET, but, you know, start going back to the, take it back to the root, again, back in the day when I was a little kid involved in pop culture and loving all this shit, um, it, it, it was, until Michael Jackson, it wasn't no black artists on the Grammys or the American, there was all black, uh, white people, white music shows, the black people was on the Soul Train Awards, and they was on the, um, I don't think they had the BT Awards back then, they had, it was some other, I th- actually, I think it was just the Soul Train Awards, I think that was the big wars, then the BT Awards came along, um, but that was it, and, you know, now I just hate the way, now everybody, you know, act like they don't care about the Grammys, but as soon as they don't get one, we gotta hear this whole diatribe about how, you know, you didn't get the award, and I just, I just think it's whack, I think, I think if you go to where, listen, man, we set the culture, we set the tone, y'all doing them a favor, you know, y'all doing them a favor, Beyonce and, and Rihanna and all them people they keep bringing and nominating, they, they using y'all to get viewings and get ratings because these little white kids and these little white people wouldn't have no culture without us I keep telling y'all, the Grammys before like 83, 84 I want to say, whenever Thriller came out and Michael Jackson really broke the barrier and other black artists came, man, nobody watched the Grammys that shit was like, best violin piccolo performance in a classical comp- composition, and that's the type of shit that they would, that was the Grammys and people, and ain't nobody watched that shit, I was like, what the fuck is this, they would, that's the kind of shit they would air, and they, you know, best classical performance, like, they would tell you so-and-so won best, but they wouldn't show that shit, they show that super white shit, again, until Thriller came, and, and, and Purple Rain, and, you know, then they started, 
showing black artists and then it, it, Grammys got to where it is now to where once again they're using y'all for ratings and, and hype but they're not giving y'all awards and instead of crying and going about it, take your services elsewhere because you're the draw and I guarantee you them ratings for the Grammys will drop because all they doing, you know, nobody wants to see that, they want to see what y'all doing and, and you know they'll have to, they'll have to start acting right again, so anyway shout out to the Soul Train Awards, Grant, um, Brandy was on there, I really, I'm gonna be honest, y'all know Tessa Thompson is my boo, and I saw that they were gonna be on there previewing Sophie's Choice, which I, uh, Sophie's Love, which I can't wait, comes out Christmas, looks really good, her and that, um, fucking defensive back who will not be named, um, are starring in it, and, you know, I just tuned in to see her, but I saw Brandy, um, uh, and a couple other people, you know, I'm not, I like Brandy, you know, I'm not into these new R&B girls, I divide, R&B vibes, it's no rhythm, it's no, it's no nothing, it's just no lyrics, no bridges, just vibes, ain't my shit, none of them do nothing for me, uh, I do like her, her's the only one that I like, and I think she's really talented, cause she's, you know, she plays, and I think she makes good songs, and I like her voice, I think she has a unique voice, um, you know, I like the timbre of it, and all of that, but, you know, all the, all this other new shit, it ain't, it ain't for me, um, you know, I sit in here playing oldies all day because I don't want to hear that bullshit. Um, so that leads me into this next topic, and I'm be really quick. So if you're on Twitter, um, you probably saw the 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 TikTok of there was somebody. I don't know what the I guess. The, Sorry, I guess the years designated the year they were born. So there was a 2005, a 1995, and a. 1980, maybe? 85? I can't remember. It was three generations. It was a Gen X, a Millennial, and a Gen Z. And the Gen Z kid is standing there, and, I mean, they are playing classic songs. Classic, classic black songs that every black person who ever been to a cookout, or got a grandma or uncle, or, or whatever, should know, right? And this kid doesn't know any of them. And I'm, I'm just tired of seeing that shit, though. I, like, it's whack to me, that's why this new this new music, this new Gen X um, content, it's garbage, it's throwaway, none of it's good, they don't know how to perform everybody got the same name, it's just, it's just blah and it's because y'all, y'all don't have any references, y'all don't study y'all don't listen to the older music, y'all don't I mean, we know they took music out to schools and, and all of that, and that's, you know, outside of your control, but, but you know, it's just it's I would be embarrassed to raise a child, a black child, who, when, you know, two occasions came on, or when, you know, Whitney Houston Shoop came on, or when, you know, some Luther Vandross Never Too Much came on, or when, you know, um, what, some Tony Braxton came on, some Mary J came on, some, some Michael Jackson came on, that you didn't know that music. I'd be fucking embarrassed, because it's like, yo, you're not, you're not sharing, like, what are you doing? Like, and, 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 what we always get, oh, y'all don't understand, these kids nowadays, they got headphones, they listen to their own shit, nigga, 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 I'm tired of y'all acting like, first of all, I'm a Gen X, Gen X, we made this culture, we built it, we made it, okay, so, y'all not gonna tell us shit about shit, because everything y'all do, everything y'all listen to, everything y'all steal, everything y'all gank, ganking, every, everything y'all do, we, we, we did, we created that shit, okay, it did not exist before us, okay, that baby boomer Motown shit, God bless it, but we flipped it into this hip-hop thing, this, that, this hip-hop that is a global phenomenon now, that was us, we made that shit, okay, 
through through the attempts to ban it and see Dolores Tucker and putting a rated R on the CDs and oh my god, this is horrible music and this is a fad through all that shit. We built this shit to a global phenomenon, okay? So you, y'all not defend to tell us shit about shit. And I'm tired of y'all acting like we grew up sitting around a campfire with animal pelts on telling folk tales. We had headphones too. The Sony Walkman came out in 1980 and anybody who was anybody got that bitch for Christmas and you carried that shit every fucking wear, okay? The yellow one, the black one, whichever one you had. I had the black one, I didn't have the yellow one. I wanted the yellow one um, because I realized that that was the one that you could like drop and not where it was like the... I don't know, it was like tougher, I had the regular Sony Walkman joint, just the, the regular one with the headphones, um, but that shit came out in 1980, we all had it, we also all had boomboxes, y'all seen the movies from the 80s and night, walking around the street with the boomboxes, that was real, some people had the big ones, some people had the mediums, some people had the small, I had a smaller one in my room, and I had a medium one, that I used to, you know, block, pop lock and, and all of that shit too, like, you know, I, that I used to keep in the basement, um, so we would go, me and my cousins and friends and everything from the neighborhood, we would go down to the basement because we had a, you know, a full, our basement ran the full length of our house, it was pretty big and, you know, it was finished, so we used to go down there and, and, and you know, do our little routines, the next, we had dance routines you know, all of that shit, okay we listened to all our shit, we listened to these baby boomers hitting, hitting uh, hating on our music all the time, but you know what, we also heard, heard the older shit, you know why, because our parents at our cookouts, at Christmas holidays, whenever it was, bring out the records, play their old shit, and we heard it, did we like it, nah, did we get all of it, nah, was it like, oh man, turn that old shit off, of course we were, my daddy was good for busting out his old ass Billy Holiday and all that shit, I didn't want to hear that shit, but he did it, he made me listen, because he knew that, like, this is how you pass that shit on, like, okay, y'all got this hip-hop bebop with, that's cool, but y'all gotta understand where this shit comes from, that right there that you listen to, that's a sample, here go the original right here, this is so-and-so, that song you listen to that came from here, oh, that, that melody, that's from this here, you know what I'm saying, like, they played it for us, the Temptations and all of that stuff that was before our time, and we did the same thing, like, oh man, this old whack-ass shit, but we heard it, and we knew it, okay, and so now I know all that music, because going down south, when you take them road trips down south, man, your parents was not listening to that goddamn hippity hop, and yeah, you had your headphones on, but every now and then, it's like, hey, my grandmother was good for y'all not gonna be up under them headphones all day, cause she was an old lady, and when she drove, she like talk, it's like fucking talk, talk you to fucking death, like can we please just drive and shut the fuck up and listen to the music or whatever, but no, you know, grandma's high school, they wanna talk to you, so take the headphones off, so we'll hear the music, you know, that's how I know gospel, I never, ever, ever in my life listened to gospel with my grandmother, she would put on, she called, um, secular music, the blues, like, oh, I don't, you know, y'all listen to that blues, she would listen to it, but she front like she didn't, but whenever she like, oh, I don't listen to all that blues music, and she'll turn on gospel, that's how I know all that old, um, what's that, whatever that old ass shit is, that, you know, the old, I call it slave gospel, that's how I know all that, and it's like, yo, y'all gotta start making y'all kids, like, listen man all this new parenting shit y'all do I keep saying, some of it ain't that that great, make your kids take them fucking headphones out, and listen to the, when y'all at the cookouts, hey hey, 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 Jonathan or whoever hey, y'all kids, get over here, y'all quit being fucking weird, anti-social weirdos over in that fucking corner, and come over here and be with your family, getting this electric slide line or whatever the fuck else, and listen to this shit like, y'all gotta stop letting y'all kids be fucking weirdos, man, nobody wanna be around these kids, they fucking weird, they don't have no social school skills, they don't know how to talk to people, they don't know how to talk to girls and boys and doing all this whole dumbass oh, I was standing right behind this girl, and because y'all not making them 
have normal skills. Y'all letting them do whatever the fuck they want to do out under the guise of, oh, better parents. And well, my parents made me listen to music, but I ain't going, your parents made you listen to that music for your own good. Your parents made you put them headphones out and come downstairs and sit around people for your own good. So you wouldn't be no fucking weirdo. Okay, I'm t- these kids out here, man. They, they, it ain't, it ain't. It's something wrong with them. They ain't, they ain't, they ain't, they ain't right. Y'all, y'all got to stop that shit, man. Make it, li- give your kids the old music. They ain't gotta like it. We ain't like it, but they gotta understand where this shit coming from. They shouldn't, man. They should. Uh, there'll never be a black child in my house that you. And I don't even like Luther Vandross. But if you put on a Luther Vandross, never too much, or Bad Boy, or um, uh, whatever else. That and and I I don't know what it is. I'm standing here like I'm too young. That's fucking embarrassing. I'll be like, get your ass out of my house. What you mean? I'm like, that's embarrassing. And I don't understand why I think that shit is okay. And that's oh, when they listen to their own music, we listen to our own music. To every generation, listen to their own fucking music. My daddy and them told us they used to have to go down to the record the record store. Used to be like this place you go. And you ever been to like a music school where they had the studio rooms? He was like the record store. You go into the record store and you take the record and go into this room and listen to it. And that's how they used to listen to records. Like every generation had their own music. That, that's that's not got nothing to do with why your kids don't know nothing. It's because you're not exposing them to it and you're not making them fucking join in black Negro activities like every other Negro black generation before them. And it's making a bunch of fucking weirdos that nobody want to be around and, and that are annoying. So cut it out. Make them niggas learn their music because, good lord, that's embarrassing. Um. Alright, so. The last topic, oh no, it's not, actually it's not the last topic, it's next to the last topic, but, um, so, I think it was yesterday, the day before on Twitter, uh, a video went around of some, um, restaurant, I believe it was in Dallas, where, <sighs> sorry, um, this owner came out, or the owner of the restaurant came out, I guess, so there was, you know, it looked like a regular ass brunch spot in, in Texas, it wasn't super, it just looked like a regular spot, right, like any, any, brunch spot that anybody might go to for brunch, and I guess there was a, a table of a group of three tables they were acting a little rowdy kept twerking, kept standing on the furniture so there's a video of a man coming out um, chastising, not just them but the entire restaurant, of which was predominantly black women about how you know, if you in a white establishment, uh, they don't act like this, and I try to, just, just a bunch of finger-wagging, coon-ass nigga shit that <coughs> a lot of folks are, hold on, let me get a drink of water. That a lot of you certain kind of blacks are still on, where you think whatever is bougie, and whatever is the highest class, and whatever is the utmost, is, is whatever the white people are doing. And, you know, us nigga, you know, us you ghetto niggas with your twerking and you don't know how to act in public, And but now listen, I don't like all that shit around my brunch, that's why I don't like you brunch boot niggas, I don't like you fucking you know, future hat niggas, I don't like your swag brunches, and I don't like any of that shit because I think it's stupid, I think it's performative blackness, I think it's a lot from a, a mainly people who you know, didn't want to be black until Obama was president before that, you was hanging with your little white friends and talking with your little white voice and trying to be super Caucasian and watching friends and shit listen, we know the type, those of us who real and grew up in places and was outside and you know, again, 
in the culture, we know the type, cause y'all was little corny ass, nerd ass niggas that ain't nobody wanna fuck with, um, you know, at your little corny ass lunch table thinking you the shit, we all know the type, and now, and, and we can tell by your outfits, um, that you wear now, I can't stand all that shit like, when I go to brunch nine times now if I'm going somewhere to eat by myself and I ain't trying to talk to nobody and you wanna have all that going on, I'm sitting at the bar alright, whatever, no big deal, but if I'm going out to brunch with my friends or, or, you know girlfriend or whatever the case somebody I wanna spend some time with I wouldn't be able to talk to I don't like all that shit, I hate them brunch places with the with the um loud ass DJ, everybody go here here in Harlem. It's a couple places everybody goes to brunch, and I they all got a loud ass DJ. This place over on um what's it Harlem Tavern? I can't stand that place. First of all, the the service is terrible. Every table in there is crooked. The waitresses are slow as fuck, and they have this live band that is so fucking loud. Like and they and, and it's like the place is on the corner of 116th and, and Frederick Douglass, and it is so fucking loud, and the band be, like, right in your fucking face, you can't even hear your own self, like, eat, let alone the person that you're trying to talk to, I hate it, I don't know why anybody wants to go with all that fucking noise, I don't want to see you twerking and swag surfing by my my food, so I tend to go to places where they don't have that, I tend to go to places where they don't have DJs, they don't have bands and all of that, cause, or, because I, you know, I don't want that, however, regardless of what I want or what I don't like, if y'all listen to this for a while, y'all know I grew up in a restaurant, my, my father's entrepreneur, his business was restaurant, he had a restaurant, he had a store, he had a barbecue, he had a, a barbecue pit, he had, um, half the block of, you know, his businesses, all in the food service, I've done everything from cashier, to cook, to, to manager, to, to bar back, not bar back, but like, you know, or, manager, basically, ordering all the shit, dealing with the bill, all of that shit, I've done everything in a restaurant, everything, from the rooter to the tutor, okay, and so, I, you know, I know quite a bit about the restaurant industry, because from, you know, as old as I can remember, until I went off to college, that is what I, that's what I was raised on, that's what my father did, um, and so, you know, it's a, it's a lot to say, but this is what I want to say, you, you, you reserve the right to refuse service to anyone, if somebody's in your restaurant twerking, standing on your furniture, doing whatever you don't want them to do, you, res- you reserve the right to, to refuse service, however, you also set the vibe for your place, right, and if you want a, pl- a place where people, so-called upscale or whatever, or, or, or refined clientele, where people are not dancing and doing all that, that's fine, nothing wrong with that, a lot of people enjoy that experience, I enjoy that experience, but you have to set the mood, and you don't set the mood with that, with having a DJ that's playing twerking music, and it's just a regular ass spot, like sir, that I forgot that, I want to call it, it was Taste Kitchen or something like that, people seem to, people in that area have seemed to be familiar with it, there was nothing high class about the place, it was nothing super bougie about the place, now, you know, that's the first thing, the second thing is, regardless of what was or wasn't going on with them three groups of table, you, don't you ever in your life come out and admonish paying customers, paying customers, who are paying in your restaurant, that 
you know, you trying to create a place for them, like you talking to some at-risk youth, and we need to better conduct ourselves, I mean, he was just talking to them like they were children, and he was in like the Sunday, you know, in church, in the Sunday school, and he had stepped out, a substitute teacher, something like that, like, bitch, I'm a grown-ass adult, I'm here paying money for my food, I ain't got nothing to do with them bitches over there, you go over there and, and quietly tell them to cut it out, and you escort them out, and then you come apologize to the rest of us for the inconvenience of scene that you had to cause putting them the fuck out, like, who are you to come in here talking to us like that, and it just struck me the wrong way, because again, it was majority women, and he talking about respecting yourself, look, all that respectable bullshit women don't twerk, we off that it's late, we tired of that, twerking don't have nothing to do with you, not respecting yourself it's a dance, like any other dance, people are complicated, women are complicated they are layered like Cardi said, I care about things, I care about politics, but I like throwing my pussy too, I like having fun, and there's nothing wrong with that, and you out there wagging your finger at that woman, you don't know who that is, that might have been all the black professional Dallas in that restaurant, for all you know, for you to be talking to them like that, tell them you don't need their money, really sir, you want a restaurant, you don't need our money, at that point, I would have got up and left, and I would have never darkened your doorstep again, because you have lost your motherfucking mind, that's not the way you deal with that, if you want to change the vibe, you tell you, first of all, you should have discussed the set list with the DJ in the first place, since you saw high society up across, and you don't want people up in there twerking and dancing up on your furniture, you should have let the DJ know that, or hire a DJ that you know is gonna not play that kind of a set, that's your first fuck up, but beyond that, again, the places that are, that are the type of establishment that this man was describing, they don't have DJs, they don't have DJs, they just have brunch, they have a prefix, sometimes they have a buffet, um, that you can choose from, they have, you know, uh, a certain menu, it's in a certain area, and they don't have those problems, so if, you know, if you don't want to do that, then don't have a DJ, you set the mood for your place, if you want your place to be high class, and you have to make it high class, the easiest way to do that again, somebody working in restaurants my whole life, is the price point, you set your point, you set your price at a, at a high amount, you're going to screen out certain amount of certain people anyway because they're not going to have the money for that or they're not going to want the money for that I'm sorry, they're not going to want to pay the money for that the people that you are going to get are going to be of a, of a, of a more quote fingers refined, or at least they've paid a lot of money to have to have a peaceful brunch, so they're gonna be focused on that, they're not going in there to party it's not the club, they want their little lobster tails, they want their little shrimp, they want their little bellinis, and whatever else comes with it for the 50, 75, or however much you charge them, and you know, they're probably a more mature group, they probably want to sit and, and talk with their friends, etc etc, that's what you do but you don't build, you know, what, what these what a lot of these places like to do is they want the, you know, they want the hot and popping vibe and they want to be the hot place but you know, when they get that in there, now all of a sudden it's a problem and you want to be upper echelon, like sir it's one or the other, you know, you can't you, it's, it's not both, and further, I'll say this, as somebody again, who's been in restaurants their whole life, that restaurants is a tough, tough business, the margins are very small, you you have very little um, room to make a profit or not make a profit, right, and even less when you don't sell liquor, most places sell liquor because that's where the profit is, but it's still, it's very small, and what most successful restaurants understand is, you might open with one theme, you might open with your Tex-Mex theme, or whatever the case is, and that's what you want to do, and you want to have this nice hacienda, and all of this, and all that, but you figure out, you know what, they're not coming for that, they don't like that, oh, they like the beer, and they like the appetizers, you know what, we're going to change this, put all them sombreros and shit down, put up some sports uh, posters, 
we're gonna have wings or whatever, whatever. Whatever the people want, whatever they come here for, that's what we're gonna have. That's what smart restaurant people do, the ones who stay. That's why you see some of these restaurants, they change their theme because they're going where the customer are, okay? You you can set the vibe, but you can't dictate it, okay? And you can say that you're running an up cla- a, a, a upper echelon, classy, high um, level, you know, restaurant all you want to, but if that's not what it's given, that's not what it's given. And if that's not the clientele that you're attracting, then you have to switch up, buddy, and, you know, first of all, a good, uh, your location, they say in real estate, location, 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 because high-end restaurants, they tend to be, and every city is different, I live in, you know, New York City, where it's, you know, a little different, but still, they tend to be a certain area, that's, you know, in most places, because I've been a lot of places, there's a good part of town, and there's a bad part of town, so, and then there's, you know, a middle-class part of town, and those upper-class places tend to be in a nicer part of town, either they're in the nice, you know, the expensive mall, I know down in Atlanta they have that, you know, Linux, whatever that rich-ass mall they have down there, they, you know, they'll tend to be in there, or they'll be on the side of the city, if not in the mall, on the side of the city where that is, or out in some suburb, you know, or, or in Philly, a lot of the, you know, super um, high-class Michelin-starred, etc. restaurants, of which Philadelphia happens to have quite a bit, they're in Center City, they're in Old City, they're down in, you know, the older the, the older part of Philadelphia, they're not out in the um, suburbs, they, there's some out in the suburbs, you get more inns and like bed and breakfast type places, more like, you know, inns which the food is still good, there's a couple of them that's, you know, actually really good, but most of them are downtown, so it just depends, so you, if you wanna, uh if you wanna be on that level, sir, you need to have your restaurant downtown, you can't have it out you know, in West Philly or somewhere or, you know, at 52nd and Walnut and calling yourself High Sedity, because nobody comes to 52nd and Walnut for High Sedity, like, it's just not, it's not where it occurs, so, um you know, that's that's the first part I wanted to say, but the second part I wanted to say is, you know, this whole respectability politics, it really I really I, I try to stay out of the conversation because, listen, you know, I some people think calling people bougie or calling people elite, you know, they, they throw these things around like they slurs. I don't give a fuck if you call me bougie. I don't even fuck if you call me elite. I don't care. That, that is not an insult to me because I strive for that. I don't strive to be like everybody else. I don't strive to be rolling around in the mud with everybody else and, 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 and you know, grabbing at the same piece of bread like everybody else in the pro, I don't, I wasn't raised that way, and I don't strive to be that way, and I don't give a fuck about what you think about it, and I don't care about how some people think that, oh, you think you're too good for us, yeah not just do I think it, I actually am, because of these reasons, these reasons, these reasons, and these reasons, okay and that person over there better than me, because of these reasons, these reasons, these reasons, that's how society is that's how, you know, that's life, I don't know what to tell you, um and, but, you know, this respectability politics, respectability politics is a term that was coined to describe, um, really the civil rights movement where back in the, you know, well, it was coined to just, it's most, um, referenced in regards to Martin Luther King and, and the civil rights movement, and, you know, let's be respectable, let's dress like everybody, because at that time, it was needed, because at that time, you know, niggas were dirty, niggas were dumb, we were monkeys, we were ape, all these, you know, all the shit they trying to bring back on us now, to be honest, you know, and we, and we had to break those stereotypes, we had to, we had to show, hey, you know, we're good people, you know, quote fingers, good people, we're articulate, we're educated, that's why when a lot of people, they, um, when you'll hear, like, somebody like a Nina Simone, or, or Maya Angelou, 
people of that generation, people be like, why do they all talk like that? They all talk like they've been to London, but they haven't, or like they, they're all English, because back then, diction was a big deal, they wanted, they didn't want you to talk with the country slang and sound like some backwoods Bama, because that was a stereotype, and that was what they used to justify treating us as less than, we were inferior, look, we can't even talk good English, you know, yes sir, boss, and up, boss, you know, all that country shit, walking around barefoot and all that shit, that's what they used to justify treating us badly, so diction was very important, learn to speak properly, learn to speak like they speak in England, learn to speak like the upper class, learn to, in other words, don't give them anything to be able to sell you with to say that you are less than or less deserving or don't give rights or, or you know, or inferior and that's what respectability was about, it was it was like yes, we're gonna we all go to church, we're gonna dress like you do we're gonna be in our finest and blah 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 somehow along the way though, it got confused and conflated with having class decorum and manners, and now anybody wants to, anytime somebody wants to tell you, hey girl get the fuck down off that table because we in this man's restaurant 12 o'clock we all trying to eat lunch and you and you up on his table, act, putting your shoes on the table acting fucking fool, you doing the goddamn most, get down, oh yes respectability y'all trying to impress white people Ain't no, no, no have some pride, have some home training, know how to act in certain places, you are not in your bedroom you are in a public place in a restaurant, you don't own these tables this is not your place, there are other people here trying to join their food, and you over to being a fucking ass, and it ain't got nothing to do with respectability some of y'all, man y'all whole lives revolve around white people, either you trying to be like them you trying to not be like them, you trying to get attention from them you trying to show, you trying to I don't even know what the fuck y'all trying to do, cause I wasn't raised like that, and I don't send no white people like that and they don't, they don't figure into nothing in my life, or nothing I do on the day to day I don't hold them up as a bar of anything, um, because you know, anybody who does never really been around white people, I mean look, look who they just voted for, for, for fucking president that's, that's high class to you that's, that's, that's a standard to you this motherfucking Trump, who they voted to be the fucking most important office in the whole world, that's classy to you? Like, that's the bar? Get the fuck out of here. And all, all of voted for him, too. Across all class thresholds, so, I, you know, I wasn't raised like that, thank God. Um, I was raised to have, um, you know, knowledge of self, knowledge of history, knowledge of my people, and, and, and told the truth about the world, not, not this, not this fucking colonized bullshit that a lot of you have so ingrained in your brains and in your spirit that you don't have any pride in yourself and you look to the white people as that's how you should, that's what you should be and that's what you should comport to and 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 that's the epitome of class is them fucking people over there who whose entire history ain't nothing but robbing, thiefing, stealing raping and killing, that's the bar you, you, you know sure, whatever girl whatever, whatever works for you but, you know, that's all I wanted to say I'm so tired of people um, branding anything that has to do with decorum and so, and just, and just there's a time and place for everything and, and the time and place to turn up is not everywhere and at all times like, have some discipline, that's why we can't get corona under control, because nobody has any discipline, nobody knows how to sit and be still, or just do something, because, you know what yeah, I want to go out and I want to go party but you know what, we have this virus going around and it's not a good thing, it's not good for me, it's not good for my community, so I'm not gonna do it that's why, because nobody has a, a, a 
any kind of self-discipline, any kind of fucking consideration for anybody besides themselves, anytime somebody asks you to do something, ah, self-care, I have to take care of myself, it's, it's no, it's not self-care, it's selfish, and it's lack of home training, and it's poor upbringing, because you were allowed to just do whatever you wanted to do, and be, and, and, and every emotion was valid, and every little feeling you had was fucking catered to, and now you think the whole world revolves around you, and you don't have any responsibility to anybody else, and if something don't work for you, then oh well, and guess what, the world can't work like that and that's why we all got a, a gazillion cases of, of coronavirus and growing because nobody has any fucking, um, you've been raised to not care about anybody but yourself you've been raised to be selfish, you've been raised to not consider other people's viewpoints, other people's comforts, other people's anything cause it's all about you and what you wanna do and if I wanna twerk up on the wall in this man's restaurant, then you know who are you to say I can't, you just trying to impress white people, I don't truck with you niggas, I'm not in agreement with you niggas I don't know where y'all came from, I wasn't raised like you niggas and I don't want no parts of it and that's all, and that's all I want to say um, however that doesn't change the fact that that man there was a way to deal with that situation and the way he dealt with it was not it and you don't talk down to people like that you don't talk to paying, you don't talk to grown ups like that let alone people, I'm in your establishment you gonna tell me you don't need my fucking money and I just got this place for y'all, no sir you open a business, the same reason everybody else open a business cause you wanna make money and the way you do that is for me and my friends to come in here but we won't come back in here never again after how you have talked to me today and good luck with them white people that you you know, you think are so great God bless alright, finally the undoing finale, all I'm gonna say about this, this is why I don't, you know I, I don't, I don't pay too much attention to people's TVs and movie tastes on, on Twitter or anywhere else, because I think people have terrible tastes, and I think y'all be watching some hot garbage, okay, now everybody is disappointed with the undoing, and act like they got duped, or they got tricked, or the show was trash because it didn't have a twist in it and this is why I don't like watching shit with people, because like, you don't enjoy the show you don't get into the program, you're not watching, it's all about, oh what's the twist, who did it, who did it, listen, the undoing was amazing it took us on a ride, the performances were great, Nicole Kidding was great, everybody in it was great, okay, and it was a whodunit, and you know it, 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 we saw who the obvious person it looked like, but then it was looking like it wasn't them, it was always a ride but if you were paying attention to the show, every week you, first of all, there was a twist, number one, it just wasn't a twist you thought it was, and just because the person that ended up doing it ended up being the person that we thought it was in the first place, it doesn't mean it was a waste of time, like, that was a motherfucking twist, because they had y'all thinking it was everybody else, and it turned out it was him all along, and if you watched the fucking show, and got into the show and paid attention, I knew it was Jonathan, from when, first of all, I knew it wasn't, okay, first of all, let's, let's go through it all, a lot of people thought it was a dad, I never thought it was a dad it just I, I've watched enough it, he was too nonchalant about the questioning he was too, he's, that man was super, super, super wealthy nobody with that kind of fucking money is going up to the Har- Harlem or the Bronx or where the fuck they was at and bashing some girl's head in with a hammer They just he's just not gonna do that, he would either pay her to go away or he would hire somebody to make it, like, I had never thought it was a dad, he was too nonchalant about the question, he was just letting Grace go talk to the cops, and not, you know, what did they say, nothing like that, just, you, it, I never thought it was a, the dad, I always thought he was the red herring, um, I did think it was Grace for a minute, until 
until very early, actually, the episode where the cops brought her in and showed that she was on the video. What I thought was, I'll tell you what I thought was, I thought Grace was, maybe had a split personality or was, um, not blackout, but a person that, like, blocks trauma out, there's a name for that, but that's what I I thought, that's what it was, I was like, Grace probably has a, a split personality, or some kind of, something is going on mentally, where she's blocking this shit out, right, because that's what it was looking like, okay, sis, why you keep walking, um, you know, they, um, the girl kissed you on your lips, she seemed like she knew you before, yeah, she's staring at you all crazy, it just seemed like they had something going on, but I, until, the episode where they showed that Grace was on camera. If you was paying attention, you knew it couldn't have been Grace because the co- the same reason the cops knew it wasn't Grace because Sis was on camera a block away from when the murder occurred and, and, and from where that girl got her face bashed in and it was no blood. She was not covered in blood anywhere. She wouldn't have had a chance to shower. She wasn't seen going into the place. They, they had a camera, they saw Jonathan, they didn't see her, they saw her a block away, so it wasn't her, it could not have been her, why she was up there, I thought maybe she had followed Jonathan, or maybe she had, was, you know, trying to figure out what was going on, etc, but I knew at that episode that it wasn't Grace, but that didn't mean Grace was involved, that didn't mean, you know, it, from that point on, it was just like, okay, what's going on? I, again, I thought it might be Henry, I was like, because, um, there, you know, the scene with the cell phone, I thought Henry, was acting a little funny, I was like, maybe, you know, he might have deleted those messages, he knew, he might have knew what was going on, I thought it might be Henry, um, but then I figured, but then I figured out it wasn't, Henry may have been involved, but it couldn't have been Henry, because again, whoever it was would have had to overpower that lady, or at least, you know, be able to get her on the ground, Henry's a child, I don't think he'd be able to do that, she was a grown woman, I just don't think he'd be able to get her to the point, we saw, you know, how it happened, I don't think he'd be able to get her to the he's a 12 year old boy, like, I just didn't think it was him, but I thought maybe he saw it, maybe he came after, maybe he was told after, you know, I was like, what's his involvement? Um, I didn't think it was Jonathan, but I didn't discount him, but when they saw the episode of when his mother said that he was, basically, she said he was a psychopath, then I was like, okay, it was Jonathan, because that meant when she said he didn't have any feeling, he didn't have any emotion, number one, he probably killed his sister, he lied about it, called her a dog, number two, the fact that she said he had no emotion, that said to me, okay, so all this sniveling and crying and acting he'd been doing prior was an act, so at that point, I knew it was Jonathan, it was just who else was involved and how did it go down, so everybody else that still thought it was Grace and everybody, and the father and all this y'all weren't paying attention because it couldn't have been Grace, and what those flashbacks, what I've realized now, what we've realized now, if you paid attention, those flashbacks that Grace was having, it wasn't flashbacks, it was her running through her head, realizing that Jonathan had done this, because Grace was the one, which, a great scene, that revealed this, if you, again, if you've been paying attention, Grace only saw what she wanted to see, she covered it up, and she made everything nice, and that's why she couldn't see what Jonathan was, there was a scene when she went to where his work, and his co-worker was like, come on, you know how he is, blah, 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 and Grace was like, what do you mean, he was like, you know, he's like, he's got this guy, like, everybody knew John, knew one Jonathan, she knew a other, when she was talking with her dad in a great scene, talking about how her dad was great, her dad was like, babe, listen, I loved your mother, and I love you, but I was not a great husband, I, he, he 
brought the real to her, and Grace was like, no, and he was looking at her like, no, I wasn't, yes, I bought her gifts, I did all of that, but I also cheated, and they, just showing him breaking through, showing, that scene showed that Grace built up this perfect, picture-perfect world that wasn't true to reality, she did it with her father and her mother, and she was doing with Jonathan, that's what that scene gave to me, so now going back watching it, when she kept seeing, she kept flashing to the hammer, kept flat. that was her going, that was reality coming through, and Grace trying to figure, figuring it out, like, yo, could this be, and that's what made her call the mother, like, yo, what's going on, how you marry somebody that's estranged from their family, you don't know why, but anyway, Grace did it then I thought maybe her friend might be involved, because I thought it was odd, like, why would you represent her husband in the, in the suit from getting fired and not say anything, but now it might have been for the same reason, because that's, they seem to be, that looked like that was her day one, they probably was friends from, seemed like childhood, because she knew her father very well, so at least from, like, school, they seemed like they were friends for a while, and so she probably knew Grace, she probably was like, you know what, it's gonna be more harm than good, and, and I'm sure she didn't know all that was going on, as far as the girl, so she probably just believed what he said, and she was like, you know what, I'm gonna just go ahead and represent him, and, and I'm not gonna, you know, attorney client privilege, and, you know, Grace will be fine, because Grace, you know, wealthy, her father was wealthy, so, I thought it might be her, but I knew it was Jonathan from when they talked to the mom, it's just what was involved, um, the twist was Grace got on the stage and testified, because when she realized, she, she started realizing, hey, he really did this, and not only did he really do it, he was trying to set Henry up, because that's what I thought, I thought that he, and I still think that's what happened, he was trying to set Henry up, because all this, you done got fired from your job and been going to work and you kept all this from your wife and all this from your family, but then you gonna let Henry see you talking to your mistress in front of the school, like you knew that boy was there you wanted him to see that for what reason, I don't know, but I I always think he did that on purpose and I thought that he probably was, did it and was trying to, and and put the you know, gave Henry the hammer here, you hide it, blah blah blah, figuring they blame Henry, or Henry would get off, or whatever, I thought he was trying to set up Henry, that was my, that was my, um, thought, because again, I didn't think Henry was involved, but he got that weapon some kind of way, um, turns out though, dude just bought the hammer back to the house, Henry found it, ran it through the dishwasher to get the DNA off, and, and when Grace figured out that, oh, now you involved, see, you involved my son, I didn't let you have this affair, you got this baby through this affair, you got Fernando bashing me in my ankles with this baby stroller, <laughs> trying to make me, and Fernando, bro, the swiftness with which I would have sent that baby to her real family to live a better life, Fernando raising a baby that ain't even his, now can't nobody pay for school, it's a mess, but anyway, um, you know, I, I thought it was good, I thought it was great, I thought the performances were great, I thought that the twist was great, um, he didn't throw away the hammer, why, I don't know, why would you hide the hammer in the, in the wherever, what was that, the fire pit or whatever the fuck it was, you, y'all on Long Island, y'all throw it in the ocean, that shit would be gone, so, you know, turns out it really was him, turns out he was a psycho, he was gonna try to kill Henry, thank God he didn't, but I thought it was good, I thought it was amazing, and I think y'all are kinda corny, trying to act like it was trash, because, it wasn't a twist ending, like, it was a twist ending, the twist ending was, A, Jonathan actually did it, and, um, Grace actually testified, set him up, because 
Nobody knew about that. Nobody knew about that call. She told Sylvie, "Go tell the lady about this call," and so that I could be on stand as a character witness, and I'm gonna say he couldn't have been the kind of person who did it. And then she's gonna play that call, and then it's gonna come out that you know he is the kind of person who did it. That was the twist that Grant Grace set his ass up and decided and, and decided to testify against him and send him to jail. And I thought it was amazing. I thought the undoing was amazing. I thought it was exciting. It took us on a ride. And I hate when y'all do that. I hate when y'all watch these great shows with these great storylines and these great performances and then, you know, because you watch it for the gotcha, and not really appreciating the show, now the show sucks because you didn't like the ending, what are you talking about? All those amazing performances, all the, the ride it took you on every week, it was who did it, who didn't do it, that shit was exciting okay, and honestly, after Big Little Lies, and like I keep telling y'all Sharp Objects, which is awesome which was on HBO, which definitely had a twist, I've told you the ending on here before, so if you listen to it, but it's still worth a watch, that was amazing that show was amazing now if you really really like the undoing and you like big little lies watch sharp objects it came on in the summer it wasn't a lot of traffic around it but it was really really good so if you really want something that's a twist and you've not listened to this when me tell you what the twist was or if you've not read about the twist but you still watch it because it's amazing watch sharp objects okay but after seeing Sharp Objects and after seeing Big Little Lies, I'm not surprised that they didn't twist, because then it would have been almost like a cliche, it would have been like, oh now, you know, that's what we do, we doing the twist, and so I think they didn't do that, to throw y'all, it almost been like an M. Night Shyamalan now, right, like when you watch an M. Night, M. Night Shyamalan movie now, you watch for the twist, because you know he always has one, so you just kind of watching up to see what it is and they knew that you would be doing that, so they didn't Undoing was amazing I thought it was great um, you know, I thought the ending was great, um, I thought the way her and Sylvia set, Sylvia set him up was great, that Sylvia went and did it, like, you know, cause she didn't have to, she's an attorney, she, she said she didn't do criminal law, but she's still an attorney, she didn't have to do that, but Grace asked her to do something for her, and she did it, she went in that bathroom, and she did it masterfully, and she told that prosecutor, and he got convicted, and, and, and or, you know, he got, uh, you know, his story fell flat, um, I also like the way they just showed how he killed her because, like, you know, it's always the husband or the boyfriend, and that motherfucker, you know, it just shows how, like, these these men ain't trash. Um, they're, they're trash. Like, you you know, you want to have this affair, and you you know, the love of your life, and all this bullshit that we know was faking, but you did all that. You know, you running up at her and it, it's all good, but, you know, as soon as she wants to, you know, and she was crazy, too, because she... I, that she made that portrait of Grace from who knows, probably just, that's why she was staring at her trying to paint that portrait, cause clearly she was obsessed and wanted them to be sister wife but I'm just saying, it's all good until all of a sudden now, oh you don't say anything to my family, now I'm gonna bash your head in with a hammer like nigga, like, you know she didn't seek you out, I'm sure but, um even that part was great, just showed how you know, they be trash, like you know all that cheating and mystery shit is fine, but like, soon as you, you know, the cold fingers step out of line and tell their wife, now, you know, now you gotta die, so, whatever. Thoughts and prayers with y'all on that, but I, I thought it was great, um, I really enjoyed it, and I'm looking forward to the next, um, HBO miniseries, because they have not missed yet. If you haven't seen Big Little Lives, which I feel like everybody has, but if you haven't, that's excellent, go back and watch that also Nicole Kidman, Reese Witherspoon um, Meryl Streep uh, Laura Dern Zoe Kravitz and that low budget um Jennifer um 
The girl from the Hunger Games. What's her name? Anyway, the low budget one. That's from the other one. That's not the the, the Hunger Games. Sh- Sh- Charlene Woodley or something like that. That chick. She's in it. Very good. Sharp Objects is um Amy Adams and damn, I always forget the older lady's uh, name, but the one that played her mother. That one's really good. I'm Sharp Objects is really good. It's on HBO. Um, yeah, so that's it for the week. I've talked a very long time, um, but I hit everything I wanted to hit. We're back on the schedule, um, you know, and thank y'all for listening. Thank y'all for, uh, liking me, rating me, telling your friends. Um, I've been very busy. Um, this is a very hectic time. It's a lot of upheaval going on. I'm trying to, you know, make something happen, as y'all know. And so it's, you know, it's not been so so much stressful because I'm just, you know, it is what it is, but it's been very busy. And, and um, you know, we're still in the pandemic and the weekends last 30 minutes and I'm just trying to get to the next holiday, but it's, it's, a, it's a lot. And, um, you know, so I appreciate y'all listening. I appreciate y'all shouting me out. Um, you know, I, I appreciate, you know, I just appreciate the love. I see y'all tweeting me on Twitter and retweeting me and everything. And, you know, I know it's a lot more... Um, bells and whistles and razzle dazzle I could be doing with this but I just really don't have the time I really don't have the bandwidth maybe one day soon I will get it I don't you know necessarily I know I could pay people to do all this but hey man listen it's a pandemic we don't know what's going what's what and you know I'm just I'm just you know I have other things that I need to pay for etc etc anyway said all that to say thank y'all like me rate me tell a friend um, and see y'all next week peace